chapter number 16. And we'll begin reading in verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible said, And they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month, after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. The people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said unto the children of Israel at even, Then you shall know that the Lord hath brought you out, of, out from the land of Egypt. And in the morning then shall you see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that, we, that ye murmur against us? It's all I'll read for sake of time. We'll preach Lord's will throughout the text. But tonight we're going back to what has turned into a series, and we're preaching on the... The events uh, of the children of Israel leaving Egyptian bondage under the rule and reign of Pharaoh and headed to Canaan land. And uh, the series started off with what to do in chapter 14 when you're at a standstill. And then in chapter number 15, what to do when you become stagnant. And if the Lord will help us tonight, we'll continue on in this thought uh, concerning chapter 16 and preach on what to do when you're in the wilderness of sin. Uh, how many of y'all's ever been in the wilderness of sin? Uh, what do we do? Those times are coming. What do we do when those times come? Bow your head with me and pray for me and pray with me tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I need your help. Uh, God, I feel tonight in my spirit, Lord, that there is something to be said, Lord. I don't know the needs. I don't really necessarily know where you're going to take me in this message. But God, I do know that people are here. God, they need to hear from you tonight. Lord, if you don't help me, Lord, there's, there's nobody that can be helped tonight, including myself. So God, please put your hand on me despite, Lord, I understand I don't deserve it. God, fill me with the Spirit of God. Lord, I understand I don't deserve that. But God, I'm asking you, Lord, you're the one that called me to enable me and use me, Lord. Not for my glory, not so somebody could thank me for the sermon. But God, that we leave here saying that we've heard from the Savior. Lord, may the Holy Ghost dwell in this place and on this preaching and on this preacher for a little while. God, may we hear, Lord, what the Spirit has to say unto this church. God, please be in the midst of this golden candlestick. And Lord, we'll thank you for everything that you do in this place tonight. We love you and we thank you, Lord. Please help us in Jesus' name and for his sake and all the Lord's people said. Amen and amen. You may be seated tonight. Again, briefly, by way of introduction and by way of reminder, it is here once again where we find the children of Israel. They have left Egypt. They have left bondage in Egypt. They have left the dictatorship of Pharaoh and his army. And they are on their way to a land that's known as Canaan's Fair Land. May I say tonight again, as I said Sunday and I've said in weeks gone by, that is exactly where you and I are tonight. 
If you're saved by the grace of God, the Lord Jesus uh, sent you a preacher. Theirs was Moses. The Bible said that how shall they call upon the, uh, him who did not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? May I say it was Moses that God used to, to uh, deliver the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage and from the rule and reign of Pharaoh. And again, Egypt is always a type and a picture of the world. My friend, I'll never forget the day the Lord sent a preacher my way. Uh, I was only seven years old. The preacher was only 16 years old. Uh, but I'll never forget the day for 10 minutes in, I believe it's a Sunday night, popcorn preaching uh, is what we called it, that uh, uh, a young man stood up and preached on hell up for 10 minutes, just as hard as he could go. And I had heard a thousand messages on hell and a thousand on heaven. But that was the night that God came to my where I was and lifted me out of my sin saved me and and ever since that night I am in pursuit of Canaan's fair land. I don't know who the preacher was in your instance, but may I say, we're all just passing through. Uh, the old uh, the old timers used to say it like this, this world is not my home. I'm just a pilgrim passing through. All my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Is there anybody here tonight that feels like uh, my friend, we're in a strange land. I look around on every corner, seems like daily. Uh, this world gets more foreign to me than it was yesterday. The more I see and the more I read and the more I hear and the more I feel. Uh, my friend, can't you feel that time is coming to an end? Uh, can't you feel in your soul and in your spirit that the, the old man of God that's been preaching it for years finally, uh, my friend, we're in those days where it's becoming right uh, that the Lord is nigh. I'm telling you tonight, the Apostle Paul believed uh, uh, that it was nigh in his day. Uh, my friend, 150 years ago they were preaching it was nine their day uh, but I've come to tell you tonight we are in the final stages uh, until the Lord Jesus comes uh, and calls up the church uh, and the bride is met with the bridegroom on the clouds of glory we don't have long friend and we're traveling uh, on this journey in what we call the wilderness in this in this case the wilderness of sin can I I'll remind you tonight, I said it Sunday, uh, but my friend, the dire need in chapter number 16, uh, in chapter number 14, the problem was God led them to a standstill. Uh, they looked to the left and to the right, all they had was the wilderness. They looked behind them, all they had was the world. They looked in front of them, all they had was the water. But God parted the waters, and the children of Israel went through on dry ground, and the waters came back, and uh, Pharaoh and his armies were were killed in the Red Sea. In chapter number 15, the issue was water. The Bible said that God led them to a place called Mara, which means a place of bitterness or to be bitter. And it was there that God allowed the tree to fall. And when the tree fell, those bitter waters of Mara were made sweet. And God led them from Mara up to the place that we first mentioned in chapter 16, up the place of Elam. Elam meant the place of strong trees. 
Amen. They were surrounded there by palm trees and twelve wells of water. And boy, they shouted the house down over God delivering them from Pharaoh and his armies. They, they rejoiced. They sang and danced. And they've also praised the Lord in chapter number 15 for God making bitter water sweet. But here we are again and guess what happens? Just like our lives, they're up one minute, down the next. They're back in another low. In chapter number 16, we'll read it as we go. But my friend, the thing that they're lacking in chapter 16 is something to eat. The Bible said, it's in verse number 3, the children of Israel said unto them, at Moses and Aaron, would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full. Now notice what they say in verse number 3. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Now you and I both know that was not the will of God nor the will of Moses. But once again, I talked about it on Sunday, uh, that a carnal mind is enmity uh, with God. They are in the flesh once again. They are thinking carnally once again. They've forgotten about the blessings and now they're focused on their lack of bread. Be very, very cautious, my friend, uh, uh, to look at what you don't have uh, and forget about all that you do have. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I believe within two chapters uh, or three chapters, they could still be thanking God over what took place in the Red Sea. But that's done cleared their mind. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I feel like one chapter later, they could still be praising God uh, for taking the bitter waters of Mara and making them sweet. But again, that slipped their mind and they've let go of the things that God has done for them and now the sudden, instead of having faith in God, because He's came through time after time back here, they're once again doubting God, blaming Moses, and they look as if there's nothing or nobody that can help them in the wilderness of sin. How many of y'all found yourself there? How many times? Who is here tonight that can raise your hand and say, God has always been faithful? Has He ever failed anybody? I've never met one person. I've never met one that says God has failed me. He won't do it. Matter of fact, He can't do it. It's not in His makeup. It's not in our God. There is no failure in our God. And by the way, our God today is the same God that He is here. He's still the same God today, yesterday, and forevermore. But there's something about sin. Uh, when sin creeps up in your life, and that's where they're at. They're in the wilderness of sin, and we're making an application. That's what sin does. I, I want to remind you tonight that sin will drive you from the bread. Uh, we understand that the Word of God is the bread of life. And uh, the old songwriter said it best that sin, uh, that this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the book. May I say tonight we have a dire need of bread. It is not only our, our means uh, uh, to sustain us in this wilderness, but my friend, the bread of life is your plan of survival. We cannot make it without the bread of life. We can't make it without the Word of God. Can't make it without Jesus. You can't make it without church. I need a little help tonight. We can't survive without church. Well, I know all kinds of people, they seem to be making it just fine. They ain't in church. Oh, no. 
No, no, no. They're not made. If we really knew the condition of people, it'd scare us. If we really knew the condition of people, it would scare us to death. Why is it that we come to church? Why is it that we show up and we're here but we're not here? Hello? Why is it that we show up and we sing but we're not really singing? Why is it that we testify sometimes and but we're really not testifying. What do you mean? I'm saying that a lot of times we look good on the outside, but the inside, uh, a lot of times the inside's rotten or the inside's rebellious or the inside, as I preached on it Sunday, about those sins that nobody talks about, uh, of envy and guile and malice and bitterness and hatred. Uh, uh, my friend, it, we're eat up in our churches, not here, uh, not just here, but everywhere. Uh, people have hidden sins uh, my friend and they're walking in the wilderness of sin I understand we're not in Canaan yet I understand figuratively and literally speaking we're all in a wilderness but how many of y'all know uh, my friend that there's there's a personal wilderness uh, that you and I will walk through uh, uh, we go through trials and tolls and trouble and if you're not careful and you respond the wrong way you can spiritually die in the wilderness on your way to Canaan. We're on our way to the greatest place that man has ever even imagined. And there's people that's spiritually dead in their journey to heaven. Now would you think about that? Amen. I know it's Wednesday night and I, and I don't know. It's a little tight. It's a little tough. But I didn't sign up for every service to be good. Right? I, didn't, I don't deserve to have liberty none of the times. I can preach once or twice without it. I don't want to, but I'll do it. Because I've been called and commissioned, and this is my post. Preacher, you feeling it tonight? Not a lick. Can y'all tell? Not a lick, but I'm going to preach anyways. Now, what we do with it's up to us. There is a wilderness of sin. Yes, sir. Not only in our text, but in our lives. What do we do when we get to that place? Number one, I said, you must let go of the world. Right. Verse number two, the Bible said, and the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Every time that they come to a place that they don't necessarily like what's going on or they don't agree with the direction that Moses has taken them, where does their mind always go? It goes back to Egypt. You know what it tells me? They have their affection set more on the former place than they do where they're supposed to be, where they're headed towards. And my friend, that's the same, that's the same problem in a lot of places, a lot of Christians today, is that people are looking backward to Egypt more than they're looking up towards Canaan. Listen to me tonight. I've come to tell you again that this world is not for the child of God. We're just here for a little while. Life in general is just here for a little while. Then it vanishes away. My friend, we must let go of this world if we're ever going to survive the wilderness of sin. You've got to let go of the world. Secondly tonight, moving along, when you find yourself in the wilderness of sin, you must, number two, listen for a word. Look in verse four. Where are they at? In the wilderness of 
sin. Bible said then they just complained. They just cussed, cussed the preacher out again. They just blamed him for something he cannot control. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. Let me tell you all something, how much God loved the children of Israel and still does. Despite what He's done, they murmured and complained every chapter. Would you all agree? He's helped them. He's provided for them. He's made a way when there was no way. Yet they continue to turn on the church. Yet they continue to turn on the preacher. Yet they continue to turn on the Savior. I mean, they under God, these people can't get nothing lined out. But what did God do right in the wilderness of sin? He sends a word to the man of God. Now listen to me tonight. You ain't always going to want to hear it. But we ought to thank God, even in the wilderness of sin, that God is not only willing and able, but he does send a word for you and I. But my friend, it's the message tonight that provides the meal. You'll starve to death without the preaching of the word of God. I'm all for personal study. I'm all for personal Bible reading. I'm all you ought to do that every day of your life. But there's something that God has set aside when it comes to the preaching of the word of God. My friend, God sends a word through the man of God, Moses. And he said, You tell that bunch I love them so much that I'm going to prove myself one more time I know they're hungry they was thirsty just a chapter ago and I gave them water they were stuck and I made a way and now they're hungry and I'll bring bread from heaven every morning and every night because I love them I provide for them even in the wilderness of sin can I say you cannot turn a deaf ear to God and make it through and escape from the wilderness of sin. Right. By the way, I'm, I'm so thankful that God has a word for me and you even when we're in the wilderness. Yes. You know what He came to me with as an 18-year-old boy in rebellion against Him? He came with, to me with a word. His message was simple, but it's one I've never forgot. Best message the Lord's ever preached to me. This is not who you are what he said to me. And I knew exactly what he meant. When I looked in that mirror and I seen the sin and, and the mistakes and the regrets and the scars physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I seen myself for who I was. And God said, this ain't who you are. This is what that means. You're, you're saved. You're a child of God. You're a new creature in Christ. These things are supposed to be passed away. You're not supposed to be living like this. You're not supposed to be acting like this. You're not supposed to be doing what you're doing. And listen to what you're listening to. And go in the places you're going. Go! had the word for me even in the midst of the wilderness of sin listen to me tonight if you're starving to death in the wilderness of sin just one word will do I preached one time on just one word from God will do when he looked and he said little things like come one word come or he looked at those demons those, those legions of demons and he said go I'm telling you just one word from the Lord will make you make it through the wilderness tonight Cling to a word, a message, and a meal. The Bible said in Matthew 4, 4, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 
That's literally what the Word of God says, that the Bible, the Word of God, is. Not, listen, it's your, it's your means of spiritual survival. What, well, what's it matter? Why is the preacher all the time on this? We just miss one or two services a month. Because I'm worried more about you spiritually than you're worried about yourself. Right. And I know that that one service could be the one word that you needed. Right. How many of y'all came in lost and just one message turned your whole life around? Amen. You got saved. Amen. One word. One word. One message. How many of y'all came in maybe after being saved you were bitter or you were angry or you were depressed or you were overcome or whatever it is. Uh, my friend, maybe you didn't have forgiveness in your heart and you really wasn't even looking for a major change but God sent you one message, one word and it changed you and you're not even the same today. Listen, it's important that you're here uh, my friend to listen. Uh, listen to the word of God. You must listen for a word when you're in the wilderness of sin. I'll tell you, it's the Word of God that's going to lead you out. Right. It's the Word of God that's going to take you from wandering in the wilderness and lead you to Canaan. Right. This is our road map. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Right. It's how we're going to make it. Listen for a word. Can I say tonight that the devil, he's good at manipulating and replicating. He'll give you some bread out in the world. What did they go back to? Well, when we was in Egypt, verse 3, we did eat bread to the full. In other words, we've just been brought out of the world. Egypt's a type of the world. We're headed to a land that's flowing full of milk and honey. But we had more in Egypt under bondage, out of the will of God, in a place we did not belong, than we do in the will of God, in the wilderness, headed to Canaan. That's not so. The devil reminded them of what they thought they had. But let me tell you something. They may have ate bread to the full in verse 3 in Egypt, but they never got bread from heaven. Y'all, I'm about to start throwing stuff. Help me tonight. The devil give you some bread out in the world, but it ain't going to be bread from heaven. You know what the bread of the devil does? It bloats you. It makes you feel fuller than you really are. Did you know that? You feel like you've got a whole lot more substance than you really got. The devil is a replicator and a, mani- uh, a manipulator. He is uh, he's the definition of deception. We had bread to the full in Egypt, Moses. Here we are now. We're doing what you said to do. You're supposed to be following you. You're supposed to be following God. We're going to starve to death and die. Their affection's still on Egypt. One is temporal. The bread they ate in Egypt, guess what happened to it? It all built up in a dung pile somewhere. Y'all with me, ain't you? You know what this bread that the world will offer you, the replicated loaf of bread that you can get and you'll eat a little and it'll bloat you and you'll feel so full. What you don't realize is it all goes to dung. It all goes to waste. There's nothing eternal about the world and its resources but good. Hallelujah. But thank God when you get a bite or a taste of the bread of life, it's not a temporal thing. It does not go to waste. Matter of fact, the Bible said that there's not one word from this book that will return void. It's eternal. It's everlasting. It's not only life changing here. It's eternally changing over there. I'm telling you, I'm glad that in the midst of my wilderness of sin, I can listen for a word from the Lord. Amen. 
Listen for a word. The Bible said in John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death into life. Any of y'all know about another word or bread that can take somebody from death unto life? It's the Lord Jesus and the Word of God. It's the only thing that will take you from death unto life. What do we do in the wilderness of sin? What we do? You let go of the world. You listen for a word. Thirdly, I want you to look in verse 5. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in. And it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Now pay attention to that. They got to gather daily. But on the sixth day when they go to gather, it's going to be twice as much as it was the other five days. Look at verse 6. And Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel, At even, at even, then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land of Egypt. And in the morning then shall you see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that you murmur against us? And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings which you murmur, uh, which you murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. And Moses spake unto Aaron, saying to the, all the children of uh, uh, all the congregation of the children of Israel come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your murmurings. Stay with me. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At evening ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that at evening the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay around about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing as, a, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they witched not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Listen now. Gather of it every man according to his eating and Omer for every man according to the number of your persons take ye every man for them which are in his tents and the children of Israel did so and gathered some more some less and when they did meet it with an uh, Omer they, he had gathered much had nothing over and he that had uh, little had no lack they gathered every man according to his eating now pay attention what do we do in the wilderness of sin? Not only do you got to let go of the world and listen for a word, but number three, you're going to have to learn to load your wagon. God has just given instructed details to the man of God and the children of Israel. You know what He said? 
in the morning and in the evening, everybody, whether you, whether whether your house is big or little, gather what you need to eat. Don't listen. He said it don't matter. You've got to get enough for you and your family to survive. Can I say this evening, my friend? Here we are on a Wednesday night, and uh, my friend, I don't know about y'all, but I've came to get something. I've came for God to help me and give my family something. I mean, listen. You may not think that you need this message tonight, but before the sun rises in the morning you may need it uh, you better you gotta learn to load your wagon when God lets heaven uh, lets bread fall from heaven in flesh uh, uh, my friend we've got to go and we've got to collect it and we've got to gather it and we've got to load the wagon can I say every man in every house had what they needed and not even the little house lacked uh, can I say when you find yourself uh, in the wilderness of sin that's when you need more and more of God that's when you need more of His Word. That's when you need more uh, fellowship with His people. That's when you need His, His presence. Uh, you must load your wagon. In other words, get around God. Come to church. Uh, uh, listen and hold on to every song, every sermon, every testimony, every ounce of fellowship because you're going to need the bread when you get in the wilderness of sin. It's your only means of survival. You're going to need it. Well, I don't necessarily know if I need tonight service or not. You need it. Every one of them is a necessity. Take something from every time you come to church, every time you open your Bible, every time you bow your head to pray, every song you listen to, every every other saint that comes up and offers a hand of fellowship or a hand of prayer, you need to take and hold on to all of it, especially in these last days. Load the wagon. We don't need less, we need more. God put it on our heart at the beginning of the year in 2022. Free to thrive. Hebrews 10, 25. Right. not the assembly of ourselves together to manage some is, but exhorting one another. Man. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Right. Can I say tonight, we need more, not less. Amen. This wilderness of sin that we all live in. We're all in the wilderness, by the way. Right. We need to pursue God every single day. Sir. Can I explain to you? Look, look in verse 27. I want to read this to you. And it came to pass that there went out some. Uh, excuse me, let me go up. Go, go with me. Go with me to uh, go with me to verse 22. Chapter 16, verse 22. And it came to pass that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much as uh, twice as much bread, two omers for one man. And all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses, and he said unto them, This is that which the Lord hath said. God told him to do this. Tomorrow is, is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which ye will bake today, and seeth it that ye will uh, seeth, and that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. And they laid it up till the morning as Moses bade, and it did not stink, neither was there any worm therein. And Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath unto the Lord. To today ye shall not find it in the field. Six days ye shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath in it, there shall be none. Verse 27, And it came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather and they found none. Now listen. This is a lot of church people right here. You have an obligation 
to gather the bread six days a week. And on that sixth day, you're supposed to get twice as much so you can rest on the seventh day or be fed on the seventh day from your labors during the week. Hello, is anybody helping me? Is everybody following me? They must labor a little extra in the week to make sure they had a sufficient amount on the seventh day. But apparently some of them didn't do that. In other words, they did not load the wagon because on the seventh day, they go out to try to find that same bread and flesh, but it's not there because God told them, if you're not going to put the work in during the sixth day, don't expect to have the food on the seventh day. There's a lot of Christians that show up to church on the seventh day. On Saturday, yeah. on Sunday, how are you going to look at it? Nine splitting hairs over which day's what? Amen. Help me. Amen. But listen, they had an obligation to work and labor and gather. God supplied them with the bread. Right. He supplied you with the bread. All they had to do was work and go get it. Are you with me? They weren't, they were told not to waste it, and they were told not to gather any extra on days one through five because it would spool, and it did, and it bred worms, the Bible said, and it and it ruined. But on that sixth and final day of the week, they were to get twice as much. So on Sunday, they didn't have to leave the house and they had something to eat. Can I say a lot of people come in on Sunday looking? To be fed, but they struggle to be fed because they've not put in any labor. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. There's a lot of people comes to church on Sunday wanting God just turn their world upside down. They ain't done a blessed fired thing all week long. Let me tell you something. You've got to labor. You, you, listen, it ain't like we got to come up with all this. God supplied it. We just got to get in it. It's amazing to me the people get themselves, allow themselves to get overwhelmed in a situation or overwhelmed in sin or overwhelmed in sadness or whatever it is. They come to me, preacher, I just don't know what to do. I said, well, have you prayed about it? Yeah, but that didn't work. Well, have you, have you asked God to give you any verses or to give you something to help you and guide you? Well, no, I, I mean, I read the Bible, but no. If I heard this, it's sad. I've heard it a thousand times. When I read that Bible, it's, it's, I, I can't hardly understand. It's like a foreign language. All right, tell them on yourself. Tell them on yourself. Can I say on the physical side of it? We'll get to spiritual in a minute. This book is written on a fifth grade reading level. Right. Yes, sir. I can't pronounce all them Hebrew names just like you can. Right. That ain't got nothing to do with being able to read it. Ma'am. You with me? And if you can't understand it, it's because you have no understanding in you. That's what people don't like to hear. The Holy Ghost, according to that Bible, will teach you the Scriptures. If you have no knowledge of this book, it is not God's fault, and it is not the preacher's fault, it's your fault. I'm not being mean, I'm being honest. You've got to work and labor got to load the wagon. Don't let nothing go to waste. You need everything that God has to give you. Fourthly, when you find yourself in the wilderness of sin, let nothing go to waste. Look at verse 19. I've mentioned it already. 
but we'll read it for sake of context. Verse number 19, the Bible said, Moses said, Let no man leave of it till the morning. Notwithstanding, of course, they hearkened not unto Moses. But some of them left of it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank. Moses was wroth with them. I know how he feels. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating. And when the sun waxed hot, it melted. Um, and it came to pass that on sixth day they gathered twice as much bread to almost one man. And it didn't ruin. Now listen. Let nothing... What do you do in the wilderness of sin? Let nothing go to waste. Moses has given them clear, direct uh, orders and details not to leave their bread overnight. Why? Because it would breed worms. They could not gather it, and leave, or they could not leave it. Try, they had, it was a daily thing. They had to go load the wagon. Tuesday, they had to go out, load the wagon. Wednesday, they had to go out, load their wagon. Thursday, so on and so forth. And for those that went out and did nothing with it, or didn't go out and left it, guess what it done? It wasted away. I wonder how many people has got the goods, but they're letting it just waste away in their life. How many people are sitting in a, one of the most solid churches this side of heaven? Why do you say that? Because you're the pastor? No. No, because I know what God's done here. Go, go. Well, I ain't going to get on that, but solid. If you want Bible preaching and doctrine, you want sound, solid, Bible preaching, Bible doctrine, you're in the right place. This is the place that can sustain you. This is the place that will help you survive. I wonder how many times we walk in this place and let what God has for us as a gift go to waste. I'm about to die. Well, if you, if you would have held on to what was said six months ago, you'd know exactly what to do. But you let it go to waste. You didn't gather the bread. Is everybody following me? You didn't load the wagon. You let it go to waste. Why is it important we hold on? Because you will need everything God says you're going to need at some point or another. Let nothing go to waste. I'm about done. I want you to see lastly, you find yourself in the wilderness of sin. It ought to be our determination to leave a witness. You ought to leave a witness for what God's done for you. Look at verse 22. It came to pass that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two almost for one man. All the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. Jump over with me. In verse number, uh, verse number 29, or verse number 28. The Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse ye uh, to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath. Therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the, so the people rested on the seventh day. And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna. And it was like uh, coriander seed. Why? And the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commandeth. Fill an omer of it to be kept for your generations. That they may see the bread wherewith I have fed you in the wilderness. 
when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer full of manna therein and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. And the children of Israel did eat manna forty years until they came to a land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came unto the borders of the land of Canaan. Now an omer is the tenth part of an ephah. What have they done? What did God tell Moses to tell them to do? He said, not only am I going to supply and meet every need you have for all these years, 40 years that you're in the wilderness, but when we come to Canaan, He said, I want there to be a testimony. Right. What, what was the testimony to their children, to the next generation and the next generation that God provided? Yeah. Can I say I want to leave a testimony for my children? I don't want my children... To see me preach, trust in God, trust in God, trust in God. But every time something goes south in our home and nobody's looking, I'm not trusting in God. I don't want our I don't want my children to see that I'm I'm telling y'all to live a Christ centered life and live a life to uh, read your Bible and praying and going to church and being faithful and giving and singing and witnessing and then I don't do any of that. Listen, I want to leave a testimony. I've got some pots, if you will, in my life that I can point back to and say unapologetically, there's no denying it. It was God. It was God that met the need. It was God that provided. It was God that touched my health. It was God that paid that bill. It was God that saved my marriage. It was God that done this. It was God that done that. And my friend, I want to leave a witness from the wilderness of sin that my friend God has not only done it in the past, He's doing it now. And He'll do it down the road. You can trust in God. I want to leave a witness and a testimony that God will always provide. God said, I want you all to take a tithe of that. Tenth. I want you to take a tithe, a tenth, and set it apart. Not just as a reminder for you. Can I say I've got little reminders? I've got some jars right now in my office on my desk. One of them's got sawdust in it. One of them's got coal in it. And two of them's got change in it. You know what they are? Witness. They're a reminder. The jar with coal... Is coal that I gathered up from the ground where I knelt and got saved. I've had to shake that coal at the devil a time or two. When he's come by and said, Josh Griffith, I don't know why you're pastoring, you ain't even saved. And I'd say, Look at here, neighbor. We've had several needs, have more to come. I'll never forget on two different occasions, offerings that came in and children were coming and emptying their pockets, their grandma's pockets, their cars. Ashtrays full of change. I've got two jars over there and the dates of the service that change was brought in that filled the jars to the brim full of change. I've got one over there with sawdust when God moved in a very miraculous way and did some things in my life that, that, that were life-changing under a tent in Burlington, North Carolina. And I've got some of that, some of them shavings in a jar on my desk. They're a witness, they're a reminder. Can I say tonight that I want my children to have some things to look at in daddy's life that will help them get through times in their life. I can say today as an adult, as a grown man, I faced things and I thought, well, the Lord can take care of this because I watched him take care of this and this for my mama or my daddy. I watched God bring 
When I was a boy, our church threw this battle, so I know He can bring our church now through this one. I watched God save that soul that I didn't never think was going to get saved. So when somebody comes to me and says he's lost or she's lost, and I just don't think there's no hope, I can say, let me tell you about somebody else that we thought there was no hope for, but God saved them. Y'all with me, ain't you? Talk about not just loading your wagon, but leaving a witness. Getting you a little extra to set to the side as a reminder, not only that God was faithful, but God is faithful. Because God is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. It changes not. If He was faithful then, He's faithful right now. Man. I'm clinging and holding on to some things. Six years ago, we walked in here. I had 12, I think we had 12 people in the church. 12 people to buy this place. Now we're looking at buying another place. be honest with you, the money, as far as the equivalency of people, is about the same. We ain't never had no money here. Because we give it all away. But I didn't see no way possible how I was going to do it. I asked that realtor. I said, you ever got an offer by faith? He said, no, sir. I said, well, you're about to get one. Man. With a congregation of 12 people, we raised $20,000 in one service. We're going to need that again, plus 5000 How are we going to do it? Well, I'm just looking back. And I'm going to say, well, God did it with 12. Sure, to God, he can do it with 40. Man, yeah. We can't something's bad wrong, friends. You with me? Yes, sir. Yeah. How are we going to buy it? Ain't got no money. We ain't had no money then. How did we get here? Amen. I'm going back. There's a witness that's been left. Right. God has done exceedingly and abundantly above all that I could ask or think a thousand times over. Man. He's the same right now as he was back then. And so tonight, what do we do when we get in that wilderness of sin? We're not in Egypt, thank the Lord, but we're not in Canaan. We're in that space of wilderness, and a lot of times sin creeps in. What do we do? I've told you step by step through Exodus chapter 16 some things that you ought to do in the wilderness of sin. Let's all stand. Father, we love you.